This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast, episode number four. I'm P.F. Wilson, content director for Cincy Shirts and our sibling site, OldSchoolShirts.com. Today on our show, former UC basketball great Kashmir Wright. All I did was retweet it. it wasn't my tweet, but retweeted it. In an hour before the party started, my, my mom calling me, keep calling me, she keep calling me, she keep I'm like, what is going on? My dad started calling me. CBS has got my tweet. My tweet is circulating on Bleacher Report. We had an awesome chat with Kashmir. He talked about playing high school basketball at a school with only eight students, playing pro ball in Europe, and of course, his memories of that memorable crosstown shootout back in 2012 that ended in a brawl. So let's chat with Kashmir right? UC Basketball's all-time steals leader, by the way. And don't forget to listen for the special 20% off promo code at the end of the interview. Cincinnati, oh, Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. Rubles to inbound. Gets it to right, and here we go. Right on the bounce, right. What's going through your mind right there? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> was that a set play? Was the coach like, um, it's so all the, you? The set play was, if Sean wasn't open in the corner, he would run through. And after that, it was like, somebody got to make a shot. So it just came down to who, who wanted to take the shot, and I felt comfortable with it. Not to say I wasn't nervous, oh, but I, I think... <laughs> Like when you grew up as a kid, you kind of like had those moments when you counted down. And it, was like, oh, yeah. it was like one of those surreal moments. And to actually be on ESPN when it happened, it was like, like wow. Well, it was against Alabama too. So you're from Georgia, right? Yep. So did that make it more special? It was like a SEC school? or So my wife is an Alabama fan. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so I always tell her, I was like, how ironic is that? My, my one of my uh, best moments was against your team. <laughs> Did she go to Alabama? Say, was she a she cheerleader? No, she, she played soccer at, at Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you guys meet? Uh, so she transferred from Alabama here, but you know, I guess they say once you cheer for Alabama football, you don't leave. So she stayed. Did they say that about uh, Alabama basketball too, though. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I never heard that. <laughs> so, all right. So we're uh, we're here with Kashmir Wright, and uh, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for inviting me. So let's let's start back at the beginning, then the playground days. Like you're in Georgia. How how do you end up? You know, was basketball your first love, and then from there, like, how do you end up in Cincinnati from Georgia? So, originally, my first love was baseball. I wanted to play baseball. I thought I was pretty good at it. But I had an AAU team that I played with when I was, like, 11. And we, we kept playing. We just always played together. And then when I went to AAU, 
they kind of, I really wasn't that good. You know, I got cut in my eighth grade year. Like, seriously. Playing basketball? Or, I don't think the players get cut. Or baseball. Got, basketball. <laughs> okay. I got cut in my eighth grade year. Okay. So, this AU team in Atlanta was supposed to be a big deal. So, it's like the Atlanta Celtics. Dwight Howard plays for this team. All of Derek Favors, all these good players. Play, and I got invited to play there. So, I'm thinking, okay, now I got to take this serious. Like, maybe I need to play basketball. So, I stopped playing baseball just to play basketball. But when I got there, I realized that they just needed me for the ride. So originally, you know, <laughs> I, I brought up my my dad brought up the other two good guys that was on my AU team from home to go to Atlanta. And I got there, and I realized, you know what, I'm still not that good. But you know, it kind of lit a fire in me because now I feel like I want to prove everything. Yeah. So I you're went playing off. against the best, so you got to rise up to. Yeah. And nobody believes in you. Nobody believed that you're going to be the one. So, and I became that person. Like, at the end, like, two years later, I tell the story all the time. From that time when I realized that I was the car ride and not the actual person they wanted on the team, that next year I was the number one guard in the state. I went to the gym every single day, if, every day. My parents just dropped me off. I'd be there for six, seven hours just shooting by myself. It didn't matter. I wanted to prove everybody who, who believed that, you know, I wasn't going to be anything. I went through everybody wrong, and I became the only one to actually go to a high major school. That's awesome, man! It was it was crazy. Yeah, I feel like nobody believed in me, and uh, and they were they were right because I because <laughs> I didn't have that kind of drive. But that, that, I mean, that says something about you, though. That like that you know, when presented with that you know sort of attitude from others, that you were, that you decided you wanted to prove them wrong. All right. But what are you talking? Cincinnati shirts? Like, how, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm happy with my position oh, in life. But you know what I'm saying. He's not dunking on anybody oh, anytime sh- soon. I mean, I wanted to play baseball too, but, you know, <laughs> when I was told to sit the bench, I was like, all right, I'm going to just go on the bench. I didn't, I didn't go to the cages every day for five hours to prove a brawl. No? That's you, awesome. Can you still play baseball? Do you, do you still play baseball? No. No? I don't think I played baseball in a long time. Is that, is that like, because it's, you know, my son is six years old, and I already see parents, like, prepping their kids in one sport, whether it's golf or tennis or uh, baseball. Like, there are already is camps for kids yeah. his age. Like, is that kind of is that kind of where we are with sports, do you think? Do you think kids need to pick, if they're going to get to that, you know, even just a major college level, do they have to pick a sport early and just get good at that one? Or are there still people that are just like, you know, I, I'm because I remember when I was in, in high school, like the guys that were good at basketball were also good at baseball and right. soccer and tennis and everything else. Like, I think they I think they all help. Like personally, I think baseball helped with my coordination, which helped me get steals if, if you Cincinnati. Uh, football just gave me toughness, so I was able to play through injuries and stuff. I think they all like correlate just in general with sports. So when you kind of like just focus on one, you're kind of losing some part of you know maybe you maybe your your kid needs that toughness part. So maybe he needs to be on the football field to to get knocked down a couple times and he realize, hey, I can do this. I can get better. But you know it all depends on parenting. I tell my daughter all the time, who's eight, who finally plays basketball, which made me happy. <laughs> made me really I'm happy. I'm going through that now. My son would rather he he rather play uh, PlayStation than uh, <laughs> than even go outside. It's just like, come on. Does he have good grades? 
He has good grades. That's what I fall into right now. Like, my daughter has really good grades, but plays Xbox. So, so it's you like, can't tell her not to? Like, she's like, yeah. Well, she's, exactly. You kind of yeah, like stuck. Like, kid, I, you're almost hoping she gets a bad grade right. so you can have an excuse mm-hmm. to get her off of it. Like, 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 go somewhere. Like, that, that's why you need to do something. Yeah. That's yeah. such a great point, though, about how, what you can draw from other sports to help you get better basketball. That's great. So, so let's start at the beginning, man. So you're in Georgia. Like, did you always love playing basketball? I mean, like, how do, how do you end up in Cincinnati from Georgia? Eighth grade. I think it all goes back to eighth grade. So, after I got cut, I transferred. So, I went to a prep school, which became, like, a home school. And Coach Larry Davis was recruiting a guy named Howard Brown. And this was how Larry Davis was at Furman. So, he saw me. So, my first actual letter came from Larry Davis at Furman. And I committed to Clemson. Fast forward two years, I committed to Clemson. And he got the job at Cincinnati. Well, the assistant head coach. And I'm thinking, okay, I get a chance playing the Big East. Go to New York. You know, I'm from Savannah, Georgia. I've never been to New York. I've never seen snow. Like, this was, like, <laughs> big to me. Like, oh, I could do all these different things I've never thought that I'll ever be able to see. So, and I get to also be with somebody who, who's known me for, you know, four or five years. Yeah. That's important, right? It seems like that's that's the case nowadays in college basketball that people want to play for coaches more than they want to play for schools. Right. I mean, because you got to look at it like this: the school is fine, but if the coach don't want, if the coach don't like you or he don't agree with how you play, he's not going to play you. So I don't care whether you go North Carolina. If you go North Carolina, your game don't fit what he has. Yeah. You're not going to play, and it's miserable. No matter if you're in Miami or California. Or you can be in Detroit and have more fun than all both. Let's keep dialing it back. So high school, it, it was you were kind of homeschooled at this point, but you were still – is it like a Tim Tebow thing? Like like you were able to play sports for a school even though you weren't there? Is that what no, the no. scenario so, was? Or this school was in Savannah. Okay. And it's like a um, – basically it's a Montessori school. Okay. So my graduation class was eight. Eight? Eight. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> I was the, I was one out of eight though. Got to speak at the uh, graduation and everything. Oh, nice. so, Did you finish in the top ten of your class? <laughs> I was one. Oh, nice. I was one. But it was like they more so homes not homeschooled you, but they cared more. Sure. So if you were in that little environment where you know you're sharing classes with ninth, tenth, eleventh graders, and you're in twelfth grade, like they're making sure that you have all the people skills and all the other skills that I feel like public schools don't give you. Yeah, just so, based on numbers, right? Yeah. Just, and even basketball-wise, like, because we can always, like, sports-wise, you know, we had a gym, but we had a little bit of kids, so it was nobody there. So if I wanted to be in the gym all day long, there was nobody else to be in the way. It was just me in the gym or the coach. So what sc- what team are you playing for, then, if it's not your school? Or do you no, have no, a team? The school has a team. <laughs> so everybody plays. <laughs> So the funny part the about that is the team. So the funny part about that is one of my best friends <laughs> loves football. Okay. So we had to play eight man football. No. Because he said, "I'm not gonna play basketball with y'all if y'all don't play football with me." Huh. He's the biggest kid at school. So he's like, "Well, if he don't play basketball, yeah, you know, we, we're not gonna be very good." So we get You're out not gonna there. be very good if you play football with eight people either. <laughs> That's what we said. No, we, we had thirteen people. Ninth through, uh, we had one team, ninth through 12. 
Everybody played together. So we had to play um, another prep school, and we playing like big Canadian guys, and we looking at him like. So imagine we looking at him like you the only big person out here. I hope you do something <laughs> because we can't do nothing. We want to play another sport, and he's just out here. We got killed. It was a bad year. And then the next year, he was like, I don't want to play with y'all no more. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Took a whole season. Yeah. I mean, Did you win a game? We won a couple games, but it wasn't to the point where he would. But everybody's got to play both sides of the ball? Yep. Oh, my gosh. It was like, yeah, old school. That'll football. make you better at any sport, just out of sheer <laughs> yeah. conditioning gosh, factor. Yeah, yeah. Or embarrassing yeah. to the point you don't want to come to school. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We, we took some beating sometimes. Yeah, you can't really you can't really hide in your locker mm-hmm. in a school like that. <laughs> had no locker rooms, so you the dressing room was the classroom. <laughs> I'm fascinated by this. Seriously? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I went I my, I went to high school here, Saint Bernard High School. There were 71 people in my graduating class, and people around here can't believe that my class was that small. You had eight. eight. Like that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. And the I mean, I think well, even best part about the even better part about it is we all are friends now. Well, yeah. So like, you grew up with these kids from like, like I know these for like fifteen years now, and we all are fine. Everybody was at each other's weddings, like so. It's like it built a whole different aspect of like family. Yeah. And like I look at those people like my brothers and sisters, and it's like I wouldn't change that. Yeah. Everybody gets to be on homecoming court one year. <laughs> <laughs> Man. That's great. So you got offered from Clemson. Where? What other schools were looking at you? Um, Clemson. I had Clemson, Oklahoma, uh, Florida State, Georgia, Wake Forest, Tennessee, Gonzaga. Wow. Now, how do all these people find you at such a small school? Are you so just killing I, them in the state of Georgia? No, remember I told you that I, uh, I went and played for the Atlanta Celtics. Oh, okay. So so I, if you got cut from the Celtics, you came no, back and made cut, it to you? I got cut in middle school. Okay. Like so, before I got Sorry. to actual high school, I got cut in eighth grade. Made the team my seventh grade year. Got cut in eighth grade year. And then it was like, wow, you got better. <laughs> yeah, a lot better. And then once you played in Atlanta, you know, I played in Vegas. I played in California. I made. I played went to the NBA camp, Pingles camp, any kind of camp you can imagine. I've been there. And over that time, I came out. Like I said, I was number one player in Georgia. And I've been a top 60 player since, you know, all in high school. So I had a lot of... Half yeah, you had a lot of eyes on you yeah, at that point. I get to where you're saying that. In a small school, so can can you imagine that? I mean, what is that like for your classmates that, like, you're the reason that there's scouts at a school game that small? Like, if you know what I mean? Like, if it wasn't for you, probably, how many people would be at that game? Well, I like to think of it. My daddy told me this one day, and I never thought about it. He was like, think about this. You went to this school... And you have people from Bruce Pearls, all these people come down to this to this small school. And then I left. And a year later, there was no program. That's crazy. So right now, there's there's no basketball program near. They're like, why wow. even bother? Cashmere's gone. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So you come up to Cincinnati. What's, uh, what's your first impression of the city? Was it on a visit, I'm assuming? Yeah. Um, yeah, how did we woo you? Wait, no, no, no. <laughs> NBA camp. I met Yancey. Okay. So me and Yancey, actually, I don't know whether he did it on purpose or uh, by them sending him to talk to me, but he just was talking to me. And I'm like, man, this, this is a cool person, even though everybody else thinks he's crazy. I'm like, man, he's really cool. <laughs> so 
You know, Jesse we, Gates is crazy. <laughs> that's what people say. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he's really he's he's a really cool guy. And you know, we just hit it off as friends, so you know, I already got that. And then you got uh, a familiar coach there. It was like it was perfect for me. You know, it was an easy decision once it, it all unraveled again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what'd you think of the city? I mean, when you first got here, different. You know, it's not too big, but it's not too small. Yeah. And coming from where I come from, where you know downtown, you know we don't have big skyscrapers. We have stuff like that at all. So we still got the palm trees and stuff like that. It was like a big thing. And before this year, well, last year, the first time it snowed in Savannah was 1989, which means I wasn't born. Wow. So that the, makes me feel Yeah. <laughs> born in 90? 90. Oh, so, so the first time I actually seen snow was here. Yeah. Which was fun the first two days. After that, it was like, okay. It's you're only done with fun this? when you're... Th- 13 or younger when you don't you're not old enough to have to shovel it and it gets you out of school and you can sled ride and have snowball fights anytime you have to drive on it or work with it or shovel it i'm out definitely didn't get you out of practice nothing still had to practice you had to go to class you like oh god was there somebody that on either on the team or at the school that was helping you get acclimated to the city, showing no, you the spots? No, no, nope. Making you try skyline and So, yeah, they, they uh, Deontay Vaughn was here, yep. uh, Marcus Sykes, and their thing was, we just want you to go out and see. So what they did was, they said, all right, well, go to go to Vaughn Street, go down Vaughn, and just walk around. <laughs> and I'm like. What? So me, Dion, and Yancey. This is all the freshmen. We went down there, and we just walking around. But Yancey knows everything. But he likes to play this game where he plays dumb. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't know where we at. Like man, you you live here. <laughs> it, it, it's it was fun, and we just you know you just learn different areas and where you shouldn't and should be, and how to navigate your way around those things. Like it just taught you a lot from those things. Just showing us like, hey. We're not going to tell you to make you scared but or tell you where you should and shouldn't go. We want you to be comfortable in your own little world. So go find it. But just know certain places you can't go. Yeah. And we figured it out quickly. <laughs> so you had a lot of attention on you as a player. Was this was college a different level in terms of like really having to pay attention to what you did off the court or what you post on social media or anything like that? So – Best story for that is, I am 20 years old, and my friends, you know, I come from school, and I went home. And, you know, we got, I think it was like a spring break, and the next, we threw a party. And all I did, it said, alcohol on us, (laughs) alcohol on us, uh, cashmere, such and such, such and such, we throwing a party. So, all I did was retweet it. Wasn't my tweet, but retweet it. In an hour, before the party started. My, my mom calling me. She keep calling me. She keep calling me. She keep. I'm like, what is going on? My dad start calling me. So, you know, I'm not trying to answer the phone because I want to have fun. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going home. What you want? So, when I do answer the phone, he like, she's yelling, get home. Get home now. You going back tomorrow. So, CBS has got my tweet. Uh, My tweet is circulating on Bleacher Report. <laughs> oh, jeez. I had to and this, is this is 2010. This is 2010. It's still on Google. And it's like, dang. Like, 
Wow. <laughs> so I went from thinking I'm going to have a lot of fun to being back in Cincinnati yeah, next day. It's over. It's over. <laughs> like, my mom, you gone. Bye-bye. <laughs> like, it was like, wow. That's when I realized that social media ain't nothing to play with. Like, yeah. You can have fun, but sometimes... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. better to just just be quiet. Keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> should have just went to the party and just said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I ain't got, <laughs> I wasn't there." What What did some of the other schools do to try to get you to come there that you're allowed to tell us? <laughs> I mean, you see yeah. all the you hear all the crazy stories, but I just mean yeah, like, did Miami just, try to drive? <laughs> I mean, I'm just Rick curious, Rick, you know, yeah. like. Like, do they try to show you where you're going to live? Like, just maybe not even say a school specifically, but, like, what are the types of things that colleges do to try to get you to come there? Oh. <laughs> I'm not trying to get anybody I know, I'm in trouble. To, I'm trying I just, to think about it. I just, um, the process fascinates <laughs> me of how big college athletics are. Yeah, it's He's, so competitive. I mean, think about it like this. If you want, you want somebody, let's say you want somebody to work for you, right? What type of things would you be able to do? To make them like feel wanted, like you get letters every single day. So imagine, like my if I had a camera, my dad had a, a trash can full of letters just stacked on it. I was on a picture of a PlayStation NBA Live cover. What? Um, <laughs> see, that's the kind of stuff I'm asking about. Um, Not even the scandal yeah. stuff, but like Screw you know, because I've the NBA. I've heard that Xavier that they're like recruit video like the video that they send out is always regarded as like one of the best in the country in terms of like how well it's produced and the, everything like that so they actually do the vi- well you know times have changed now so they probably can do all types of videos of you like back then it was just like like they send you the pictures with you in the jerseys saying you know have i had one with dick vitale talking like and uh, talking about me, <laughs> going to the school. Oh, with the little bubble with above the little him. Bubble above him. Uh, <laughs> one school that, that was uh, in a nice area, they, they uh, when I visited there, it was like, they met, they let me meet one of the best football coaches ever. And it was like, they took you around him, like, hey, just this who you could be hanging out with. And you can give my, yeah, right. Like, it's a yeah. one-time thing, and, and it never happened again. But I've met, you know, former... Bowden, what's the, what's the coach at Clemson at the time? Kirby Snow and Kirby Smart. Kirby. All the way go. Before Dabo. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I met Stoops. Um, like they, you, they put it on you. <laughs> and then everywhere. Who would have been here? Brian Kelly. I mean, I mean, Brian Kelly was already here though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you meet a lot of people, and then you realize like it's serious. <laughs> I just didn't like it. My first time with it, I hated it. That's why I committed so early. Because they call you all the time. Imagine if recruiting starts at 12.01. I think at 12.02, my first call was Georgia. At 12.05, Oklahoma. And it was like constant. Every single day. Oh, jeez. And you imagine like bill collectors calling you. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> like okay. I don't have to imagine. Yeah. I know exactly. What <laughs> I got free college for you. <laughs> no. I got free college for you. Is on you from anybody to, to go to Georgia or, or stay closer to home? So, once again, we go back to one of my friends who was on the team with me at the beginning and was one of the reasons why I actually made it to the Celtics and one of the people my dad had to drive up there. He wanted to go to Georgia. So, Georgia said he can come. If you come. They put that on you? And they like, he can come if you come. And I'm like, 
Oh man, what's that like? Uh-huh. I mean, this is like one of your best friends, or not really? Yeah, because he was he... in my wedding. Okay, he was in my wedding and everything. Still, but at the end of the day, like I said, like I always say, you gotta do what's best for you. What makes you? And I didn't want to stay in Georgia. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cliff, and it is. <laughs> man. So what happened to him then? Did he end up he, getting he, an offer? He, he went to a good school. He went to a, a nice school. So, I mean, it all worked out. He, he had fun at his school, I believe. And I enjoyed being in Cincinnati. Did he know that offer was on the table? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Oh, but, yeah. That's rough, man. Yeah. So, but so, you also got to look at it as if, if they basically saying, you can only come if he come. They really don't want you. Yeah. So, like, why would he want to be Why would you really, there? really want to be there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw some stuff to your guns. It wasn't right, though. But, so either in uh, either when you're playing with the Celtics or college, wh- who's the best player you ever played against or with? The best player I've ever played against would be, ironically enough, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Do you do you right. see like players you played against that are that are maybe in the NBA now or something and go, I'm better than that dude. I schooled that dude. So I owned him. One of my stories in NBA camp, Brandon Jennings. <laughs> I scored 20 points on him. He scored two on me. And it was like, it never happened. Like, because once you get to those status, like people, and they already pick you and project you in certain things, it's like the people that's beneath that or in the middle, like, you can't do no wrong towards that person. So that game was never even talked about. Uh, and I look at it all the time, like, he in the NBA, like, wow. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so you entered the draft and, uh, so. One of my mistakes, uh, junior year, we got done the season. I should have had shoulder surgery. I didn't because I wanted to go play in camps. And, you know, I wanted to do the Adidas camps. And I shouldn't have. I should have just, you know, got the surgery. So it got worse. So after my senior season, I couldn't fall asleep without my shoulder coming out of place. Oh, so imagine that feeling. How did oh, that man. happen? Was there an incident where that happened? So I got hurt my junior year when it came out. But I was still able to play. It just come out sometimes if I get hit really hard. So I'm like, you know, it's fine. I got a scrim for my shoulder. But it kept coming out. And it got to the point where they said it was just weak. So if I was sleep like this, mom would just be out of place and I have to wake up in the morning and push my own shoulder in place. Oh. So I went through that. And then it was like, well, you can go try out for the NBA. And if you don't make it, have surgery after. Or you can have surgery now, get better. And see what happens. And it worked out for me. I went overseas. I played for probably one of the best coaches I ever played for. You know, he's one of the, what, um, what from? Croatian's national team coach. Yeah. And he just taught me a lot. You know, I won a championship over there. I'm in a museum over there. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, imagine. What's that like? I mean, like. In I mean, from Savannah, Georgia, getting cut in eighth grade to being in a museum in Croatia. <laughs> no, I mean, no, not for. I mean, for how hard in, you worked in it's a, it's in a museum in uh, Holland. In, okay, it's sometimes I take it for granted. Like, yeah, I kind of like like wow, and then I'm and sometimes I'm like you know it's nothing, but it is it's an accomplishment because I never would have thought I even made it there like. I played all over the world. I got set workers at schools. And, you know, a lot of people don't get to live out that dream. Yeah. Especially in basketball. Like, making a living playing basketball, like, there's nothing like it. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, it's not the NBA dollars, but you're still making <laughs> yeah. dang. I mean, it's, it's I awesome. mean, I can relate to that as a comedian. A lot of times, you know, like when I first started, I felt like my success would be determined on whether or not I got on Saturday Night Live or got a sitcom. But I never reached that, but I did reach a point where I was able to live off of doing stand-up comedy. So, you know what I mean? Like it's better. And, and a lot of people, you know, I think, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but a lot of people, they almost, they almost feel sorry for you, like on your behalf of like, oh, you know, that sucks. You're not yeah. world famous or whatever. And I have to correct them. I'm like, I am completely content with how things worked out. You know, I get that a lot because like, like I said, I got hurt a lot in college. So people always say, well, if you didn't get hurt, you probably would have been an NBA, you know, things like that would happen. I'm like, man. Like, to be honest with you, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, like I don't want to play basketball right now. Like, yeah. I am pretty content. I think the reason I got here was to coach, to be honest. Like, it was a reason why I kept getting hurt because it wasn't it wasn't for me. And some people just overdo things and overthink things and think that, you know, this is for me. That's the only thing I can do. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of different things I can do in this life. And maybe that wasn't it. But my next thing maybe was for me. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to push towards. Yeah. So you so what age are you coaching right now? Um, so I was training one one Vision Academy, which is my you know program. We train all kids from six to eighteen, and I have just joined probably one of the uh, best AU programs. And two two great people and Tra- Joshua Harden and Trey Harden. Josh is one of the um, is the athletic the head athletic director over all the CPS schools. Okay. And they had a program in um, Ohio Ball Stars, which this year is our tenth year, and they have given they have given me the um, ninth, tenth, eleventh grade teams, which would be one vision teams, and they're going to keep the K through eleven or six through eleven. Yeah, and you know it's like a good thing. I get I get to coach kids that I feel like I can be like more of a big brother to them more than you know other programs. Sure, and your personal story you know, has to be something you can pull from to inspire these kids, right? Yep. That's awesome, man. So how's uh how's coaching as opposed to, to playing? Do you get frustrated when a kid can't, you know, because I mean, obviously you have some natural skills that it, you probably can't coach people. Right. But, you know, you probably want to be able to to pass that, that knowledge on. Like, I don't know, I just think that would be so frustrating to – <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't imagine. Like at first, I thought it would be easy, an easy transition. I'm like, you know, I, I play basketball, I know basketball, but when you realize that, you know, when you coaching, the difference is I can't physically go out there and do it. So I can tell you what to do, and if you don't do it, it's kind, of, it's more frustrating on me because I'm telling you exactly what's <laughs> finna happen, and yeah. it happens, and it's like, okay, well, how am I supposed to feel? You can get mad, you know, but it's a lot of up and downs. But then you realize, like, when they actually get it and it continues to happen, you see the growth in each kid. You're like, wow, that means a lot. Just be able to change kids' life, like, change their aspects of thinking, like, change their basketball ways and to see it happen and see them get better and believe in themselves. And with that comes confidence in themselves, yeah. which is more important because, you know, that, that translates over life. If they're confident in themselves, they're confident, they're confident everywhere. So do you do you see yourself? I mean, like, if you had your wish, would it be to continue to coach this age? Like, do you like that age group of, of where kids are in their life, or do you hope to move to 
you know, like a college coaching or anything I like wanna, that? I want to, like, I think my ultimate goal is to be at Cincinnati. I want to be coaching at Cincinnati. Like, I think that's why I got here. Like, it wasn't for me to play basketball. It was for me to actually bring a, bring a help bring another championship to Cincinnati. And I think my, my ways of how I talk to people and my demeanor with that whole thing helps me translates and help me, you know, present myself to people. Yeah. Which helps in culture. Yeah. And I've done a great job so far. I went, I played, uh, I've been under three different coaches who all have been successful. They all say good things about me and they all kind of push me to do better things. So I think, you know, maybe this was it. Are you still close with Mick? Yeah, that's my man. Yeah? That's my man. What's he like? I mean, he's he's a local guy, and he's obviously Mick, very he's, passionate he's on intense. the sidelines. <laughs> he's intense on the court, but, you know, off the court, when the real him comes out, he, he's a cool person. He's very cool. He's very cool. It's like, but I get it. Like, basketball is, is like. A sport you gotta have passion. Yeah, fire. Yeah, because sure. if you don't, and somebody else has it, they will take your lunch. All, all, <laughs> and, and we will not feel bad about it. And there's nothing like I tell people all the time. What drove me? There's nothing like getting embarrassed on national television. <laughs> nothing like it. When everybody can see it, your parents, your, your grandparents watching it, and somebody's out there taking you to school, it's like wow. Like nah. <laughs> You what were his uh, What were his practices like? Intense, it's like they say run, he got run, a softer run. now though. But it was it wasn't more so <laughs> In like his old age. It, it wasn't more so like he, he just expected so much from you every play. So especially defensively, so everything was magnified. You know, you you didn't rotate right here. He was in your face. You missed this. He was in your face. It's everything. It's like till you got it. You're like okay. I can't pay attention to how he's yelling at me, but I got to pay attention to what he's actually trying to tell me. And then once... <laughs> no, because... You gotta, yeah, you got to, like, filter, like, yeah, take out the yelling. As a kid, yeah. you know, you take things so personal. So when somebody's yelling at you all the time, you, you like, I'm going to fight you. Like, get out of my, get out of my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, leave me alone. I got this. But then when you grow up, you realize he, he's just being who he is. Like, I got to take what he's saying to me and put it out there on the court. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, well, he stopped yelling at me. Yes, because you're getting it. And you're growing up. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is a touchy subject for you about the Crosstown. No, uh, The Crosstown shootout, showdown. Yeah. Uh, but but prior to that game or any of the games you played against Avery, did you know much about the rivalry between UC and Xavier? Or had you? Because it seems like it's a... It's obviously much bigger locally and nationally. I, you know, you hear announcers when it's on TV talking about how it's up there with Duke and Carolina and stuff. But you know, somebody who's not who didn't grow up here, what was your first impressions of the Xavier UC rivalry? The intensity level, like the the energy. I think my my first one was at. Wait, I got hurt, so I got to see it like not playing it, and I got to see like our fans for the first time get there. Hour and a half before, like they were outside waiting on you. And it was like, what is Where this? Where is this for every game? <laughs> right? like, like that was yeah. out, you know. And this was before. Where's like, this against UAB? Such a freshman year. <laughs> this is my my, my redshirt year. Uh-huh. So this is before we actually were, you know, ranked all the time and pretty good. So to actually see that many people come out and be there like the whole time, like they it was like they were on top of Xavier like nothing. And then my actual time playing in it, it was at Xavier, which 
giving me goosebumps <laughs> because like coming out there and then they yell and they know things about you. Like one guy was calling my grandma name. Oh my god! And I'm looking at him like, what? <laughs> Where does it come from? <laughs> he googled your grandma just to. <laughs> and this was like Lance was on that team, so it was like that that matchup between Lance and uh, Jordan Crawford. It was it was big. That's time. that's that was a big matchup. It was. A, I would have picked Lance to be the crazy one over <laughs> over, over <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, Lance Lance is great. Like he got the bad rap, but one thing about that guy, like I think he likes to. I think he knows when the camera's on him, and he likes to mess with people. Yeah. I and I respect that about him. But he works so hard, <laughs> like crazy hard worker. Six in the morning, happy. Like, we have practice at six. He was there at five thirty, happy, smiling, ready to go. And a lot of people, you can't get the that type of motor, and, and that's what separates. And in my opinion, separate him from being a pro to being like a. You know, a great college player. He has a motive to actually want to be, like, very, very good and keep challenging himself. So the shootout game. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are your memories from how that escalated to that level? Because, I mean, I don't remember it ever getting to be like that. Uh, well, well, people forget it was the, the build-up to that game. It, it was the, um, you know, we, was, we just lost Presbyterian. You know, we sucked. <laughs> like, like I mean, to be honest with you, we suck. So, and then Sean got out there talk talking about two Holloway, and he was saying that you know we be, he not that good or whatever like that. So the game was kind of magnified, and then you add Xavier, where they were screaming zip him up the whole year. Yeah. So you put those together, and you got two coaches like that. Yeah. Who who really about that game? Like you know, two home. Isn't Chris Mack from here, right? Yes, he mm-hmm. is. You know, they're about that type yeah. of atmosphere, and they know what it's like. Cronin came in there with, like, an army army outfit on for us. <laughs> like, you know, to, to, to get us ready. Yeah. It was, like, intense. And then what people forget is we got we was getting whooped. Like, we was getting beat by 30 points. We lost that game. 30 points. And the bad part is how it started was backups. Like our backup point guard was talking to their starters. Because we were losing. Yeah. And they were trying, I guess, Xavier was trying to punk our backups. And you're not going to do that. Yancey, I guess Yancey hit two in the head with the ball yeah. after the push. <laughs> and then if you look at the fight, if you're watching, I was in front of <laughs> of uh, Freeze. So if you can imagine, Freeze in front of me, Yancey's on the side. How tall is he? He's like, what, 6'11"? Yeah, I was going to say, he's close to seven right. foot. Yeah. So, Yancey's on my left, freezes in front of me. And it was like a surreal moment. It slowed down because all I seen was a hand swing. And then I seen, like, imagine like a seven footer in front of you. I'm six feet tall, so I'm looking up at yeah, him. Thank God I'm short. Right? <laughs> He'd have been right in the middle. I'm looking up at him, and then he went from standing up to laying down. And I'm like, wow. And then that's when it hit me, like, boy, something going on here. And then I looked around, it was like a, a big thing. And then Chaos. Yancey went from here to all the way to the fight on the left. And then we ran over there. It's like, oh. And then what people don't realize is after the fight, we they fought each other. Because Yancey was upset with the freshman. Like, why did you put me in that situation? Like, y'all y'all don't supposed to do that. Like, y'all don't supposed to act that way. And it became like this big thing. But off the court, maybe that summer, we played with them guys again. Oh, really? 
So it was like one of them things where that game the moment that that game is like it's intense. Do you still go? Like I can't go for that Xavier, but I can go. <laughs> I can't or you won't. I, I can't go. I can't. I can't go to that school. <laughs> Does it make you mad just thinking about it right now? <laughs> the, the, the little school in Norwood. <laughs> the little school in Norwood. So we asked uh, we asked people if they had any questions for you, okay. and uh, one of the ones that we got was about Sean Kilpatrick. Um, do you think Sean Kilpatrick's number should be retired? Yes. That you see. Yes. Well, what was he like? Because he seems he seemed to have that sort of similar attitude that you did with the NBA of like the NBA kind of telling him like, no. you're not ready. And right. him saying, yes, I am <laughs> yeah. ready. And no, now no. he's in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, more to get to your question. I think so. He was all American. All the other all Americans up there, numbers are retired. So what's the difference between him and everybody else? He's, is it's only two, 2000 point scores right now until Gary gets there. So that'd make three in the whole Cincinnati history. Yeah. So, you know, with those type of accolades, I think he deserves Considering it. the history and who's been there. Right. I think he deserved it. If you if, if you can't make an argument for King Marvel was a was a uh, MVP of the whole college thing, which yeah. is understandable. He was also all American and he got his number. Uh Oscar. Uh-huh. I mean, you cannot never Oscar always be <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as like this new generation, like you know, the Cronin era guys. Like, he was the one that stuck, you know, he stuck around for the longest. He got the most points. You know, he, he did a lot for this program that people, you know, don't give him credit for. And I think, you know, it's only right from us guys, you know, for us to get one of our guys up there. That means a lot. Yeah. Of all the former players, like, do, do, they, do they come around, the Van Exels and the Blunts and the... I know I see Kenyon there once in a while, but, like, Danny Fortson, those guys, you ever... You ever Inter- have interactions with those guys. Um, Corey does the the great program right now. He's here. Um, I work out with Yancey, Dion Dixon, uh, Biggie McLean is here still. I mean, Van Exel doesn't come down here that much, but you got Melvin Levis here. Mel, I can't think. Ibrahim Thomas is here. It's, it's a lot of guys that's actually here that people don't even realize stay here. Yeah, huh. like haven't moved. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just select few of us that actually, you know, take on different things. Some of us, some of them just go overseas and play basketball and just come home for the summertime and just, you know, kick it. So what? why did you decide to stay here after it was all said? My wife works at GE. She, she has, <laughs> to be honest with you, she has a great job. So, you know, it would have been kind of crazy for us to actually uproot and leave. When she has a great, when she has a good job, and you know, I have a good relationship with people around here to actually get myself started yeah. in a field that I actually like. Yeah. So it made more sense. Yeah, it's really so cool. When you were playing over in Europe, uh, we were discussing this before you arrived. Like in some European countries, basketball is really almost unheard of as a big sport. Like Britain, mm-hmm. it's kind of an awesome. But in on the continent, it's really popular. Like, it, is it Croatia isn't one of the most popular sports thereafter? Soccer. So is- well, I wait. I didn't play in Croatia. The the um. The head coach that I had in Holland is okay. the Croatian national yeah, team. Oh, okay. I get what okay. So okay. they actually just travel around. So I play for one of the biggest programs in Holland, and they love it over there. Like they got, yeah. I think it's what, twelve teams. Then I played in Greece, which is oh yeah, big. 
And then also I played in Poland, which is also a good Another big uh, market, yeah. Wow. So those were the three places I played because I played in Holland for two years. How'd you adjust to living over there? I mean, with the just the cultural differences, languages, and oh, I pride myself on being adjustable. Like, huh. like, but everybody speaks English, I'm guessing, or they do. So one good thing I say about over there and here, they are required to know it. Like, they have to speak it fluently for them to graduate. So it was kind of an easy thing for. That's why I love Holland. It was an easy transition because everybody spoke the language. So I just, you know, you just live. Only hard thing about it was being alone. Yeah. yeah, I'd say. So, do you go over there, and are you like the best player instantly? Like, well, that's the idea of it. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I know that's that way with baseball in Japan. Yeah, you know, like if, you, to if guys. you go over there and you learn pretty quickly, if you're not the best player over there, you won't be over there long. So, on your team, you're supposed to be the guy taking the shots, the best player. So, if you lose, is on you. But if you win, you get the accolades. And that's why I say my my first year there, we won, you know, championships and after all that. And till this day, like, even right now, they'll call me and ask me to open to come back over and play. Really? Just because at the end of the day, you know, you showed that you can actually do it at that level. And people always, you know, it's like here. If you live in the U.S. and let's say LeBron retired or somebody who had a really good year retired and – Two years later, the fans still remember that person. So they, you can always bring them back because people remember them. People always come back and see them. So that's how it is. It's no different from their sports and our sports, just at a smaller scale. They treat you like kings over there, too. Yeah. That. In which country do you have the best experience out of the three you played in? Holland. I love that place. I love that place. It was like, you know, Greece, when I was in Greece, it was going through that, um, that financial Oh yeah, yeah. So, the worst, the worst thing ever. My, f- you ever went to a place where my first check was late? Huh. So uh, imagine like the guys to work for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine being there, like, so we, you arrived there. I mean, I stayed in Athens, which was not bad. Yeah. So you mean you got to live there for free to get your car and everything cool too, but you get to payday, so check. Say so you say you know, where's my check? You know, where's my money? And they say, you know, you gotta be a professional. And that was that was, that was their big word, be a professional. <laughs> so whenever I hear that, so whenever I, I hear people say, whenever I hear people say that nowadays, I get I look at it and laugh, like be a professional, like, man, please, yeah. Duke Energy, you need to be a little more professional yeah. here. <laughs> so, and and it took them met a whole month to get my first check, oh my and then so you can imagine with the second check, yeah, because they take two months to get your first check. I'm like, wow. So I called my aid and I got to get out of here. So that was a bad experience. Besides the living part, it was fun to live there. I said, you go to all the museums, see all the... I saw everything. That would be amazing. It was was nice. I got some of my pictures. I went to art school, so I'm like, man, let's talk about Athens this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) It was was great. Like, I got pictures of me, like, standing off the uh, the, the cliffs looking down on the city. It was awesome. And so I guess that's, that's one bright part about staying there. Yeah. In Poland, I wouldn't recommend it nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so, is the game a lot different? Because it was different sports here, like in hockey, they always say, well, the European players, they, they it's more speed, they don't fight as much. And even football in Canada versus football in the U.S., beside the rule changes, they say a lot of quarterbacks go up there and think, oh, they're going to be great because this game is suited to them. They can run, they can throw, and then they turn out, no, that you're not suited for this game at all. Is, is it, <laughs> it, but if you can play basketball, you can play in Europe. Is it still is um, similar? Or? 
Or do guys wash out because it's not the same? They wash out because it's not the same. Because you have to deal with so many different things. It, it, it's just, it's not basketball anymore. So on top of it being, you playing for money. And on top of it, you have to deal with, you may not get paid. On top of it, you have, maybe have to live with somebody else. Yeah. And so it's like, you, you got to factor in all these different things. You by yourself. You know, you're in a different, I was seven hours different. So it may be 12 hours here, but it was seven hours there. So imagine living in a marriage and you like, she wanted, you know, she just got off work and it's one o'clock in the morning. Like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, wow. you know, you got to deal with all that different type of stuff and people don't factor that in. They just think, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and play basketball. Like, no, like it's going to be life changing. Life changing. And then you yeah. have to actually, and the people that you work for expect you to adapt to where you're at. So they expect you to be out trying to talk to the people, trying to learn that language because they're going to put you in commercials and want you to speak that language and just expect it. So did you do any commercials? Yeah. <laughs> what were you selling? Is it on YouTube? Um, I wish. Um, what was I selling? We had the uh, gift cards to come to the game. So nice. They was trying to give out gift cards. So, like, what's a huge crowd over there? How many people? Uh, I think my first team had seventy five hundred. Okay. So, I also played in like the Euro League type stuff. Well, not a Euro League, but Euro Euro Challenge, which is like the third one of the third highest overall leagues. Which means I played in Belgium. I played in Italy, um, Finland. Yeah. And so we travel. So, you know, I've been, I've seen gyms that was really, really big, like, you know, 15, 20,000 gyms, and it was fun. That's awesome. Did you have more steals at UC or in Europe? UC. <laughs> I stopped trying to steal once I got up there and started a lot more score. Yeah. Uh, a lot more. Well, kids, listening. This is this is your this is your example of why you don't ever give up when somebody tells you you can't do something. All right, before we wrap up, Sell us, sell us on Cashmere Right. What do you, what do you got coming up? What are you doing? Can, are you taking kids in at your program over there? If people have interest in that, how can they get a hold of you? Or um, you can hold me at Cashmere Right underscore on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, right now, like I said, we're working with the Ohio Ball Stars AU program. We having tryouts for, uh, I think third. You know, we got a killer a kitty program. So you got all the from first grade to eleventh grade. And One Vision Academy will take care of all the training. So you get training with me and all the people that's in my um, group. And I'm going to make sure that everybody is college, you know, played in college. So you get that experience. And we're trying to teach people the right way and do things the right way. That's why we partner with these great people at Ball Stars. And also I'm working on uh, Cincinnati Rec Center. And we got clinics coming up there in Clifton starting in March. Boys and girls, welcome. Boys and girls. Nice, man. Like, yeah. Uh, every episode, we like to have our guest just yell out a phrase or a word. And we're going to use this word as a 20% off promo code at uh, cincyshirts.com. So we'll leave it up to you. What's oh, the, what's the, what's the one your... word you want to be your own promo code? Ball star. Ball star. Ball star. Love it. All right. We'll make it all one word and ball star two words. So if you use either one of those codes... You'll be able to save 20% until our next uh, episode is released. But yeah, Cashmere Right, man. Thanks for coming in. Thank yeah, you guys. For great to me. talk to you, man. It's awesome. Uh, 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 I was thinking about her. Uh, thinking about me.
Cashmere Wright, still living the dream. You can follow Cash all over social media, including Twitter, where he is Cashmere Wright One. That's the number one, and it's all one word. And you can find out more about the One Vision Basketball Academy at onevisionacademy.com. One is the number one Vision Academy, so it's all one word. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing, who are from Philadelphia. You can find them on Facebook, and of course, you can find that song on iTunes or wherever else you buy your music. Find vintage tees from Philadelphia and other great cities like Cleveland, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and more at oldschoolshirts.com. Of course, Cincy Shirts is online at cincyshirts.com. And in case you missed it, the promo code for this episode is BALLSTAR. We're doing that as two words. You can either do it as BALLSTAR or BALLSTAR, all one word. And I believe we'll be able to use that at both CincyShirts.com as well as OldSchoolShirts.com. If you're in the Cincinnati area, stop by one of our stores. We are in Over the Rhine on Main at Liberty and Hyde Park on Observatory Avenue, a block from Hyde Park Square. Loveland coming soon. Download or stream us next time. Bye. Bye.